welcome to another episode of the Gabe Phillips Show, the show that everyone is demanding, and by everyone I mean uh, my mom, hi mom, and the three other listeners as well. It's lovely to have you here. Today we have the one and only the most famous Bezeda note that has ever lived in South Africa. And no, it is not Evita, Evita Bezeda note, it is Skulk Bezeda note, everybody. Here he is, everyone. Skulk Bezeda note, lovely to have you with us today. Hello, thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, just mentioning Evita Bezeda note, um, have, you, uh, have you got an alter ego that you like yeah. to bring out maybe on the weekend? Or is, it, or is that just something that's uh, for, the, for the, the older generation? No, I, uh, I'm quite boring in that regard. People have asked me, I, I think I said this the other day on Instagram, but people have asked me, um, so what's your real name? And then I go, what do you mean? And they go, well, Skull Beside Note is your stage name. So what's yes. your name? I was like, do you think if I could come up with any stage name because a stage name is a if you have a stage name it's essentially you can go wild you yeah. can choose you can call yourself cool cat fun sale for you can like really go yeah. anywhere I was like why would I go with some something as random as skulk beside a note for <laughs> for a stage name and I was like no it's, it's just my name and like, they, like people like can't believe it they you know, that's my name. Skulk, I get you. As a, as a pastor, people ask me the same. They say, "Is that is that your is that your uh, your Germany name, Gabe Phillips?" And I say, "Guys, if I could choose any name, I would wouldn't have gone with Gabe Phillips." Guys, come on. So I'm with you. I understand this reality. Um, but uh, okay, but it's nice. But Skulk, well, because we grew up, we grew up with like Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp. And yes. Like none of those actors, none of the actors that we grew up with, like really use their own names so i think people are still in that like no 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 all artists have like your stage name yeah but, but no i've no i've no other personality uh, i'd like to i'd like to think or i'd try really hard to on stage be as close to who i am um in reality because yeah. i don't want people to really meet me afterwards and and, and be disappointed because they feel it's a different person they, they, they want to meet the person on stage and then I'm not. The only thing they get disappointed by afterwards is that you're not still speaking in punchlines. Um, because, like, you, you, you're just delivering one yes. punchline after the other on the show and then afterwards people are like, hello, and then you're like, hello. And they're waiting like, for the joke. They're like, the be funny, be funny, like, Skulk. Yeah, and then you're like, thank you. They're like, so what are you doing next week? And then I'm like, um... More shows, you know. And then people are like, <laughs> they they so disappointed because they actually realise I'm just actually really boring. Um, but yeah, but that's why I think people. The, the, this is one thing I've stopped doing. It's like, don't ever go sit at someone's table after a show. If it's like a gig at like a Tiger's Milk or like a restaurant type of gig, don't go sit at a table after a show because that is when that is when. You sit there and like everyone's like, oh cool, we got the show and now we're gonna get like a whole new like private show. Yes. And then you just sit there and then you're like, so what do you do? And they're like, I don't want to talk about me. I want to hear more of you. And then I'm like, no, I just spoke about me for an hour. And now I want to like talk to other people. Like you, you, I want to listen for a bit. <laughs> and then they just you see the light die in their eyes. 
But you know what, uh, Skulk, I think that's what people love about you. There's this authenticity about you, authenticity about your humor. And actually, I think you invaded all of our lives in the last two, three years with your lockdown daily videos, uh, feeling good, feeling positive. It literally became like a, in, in the circles that I'm in, it became like a mantra. The people would just greet each other. How are you doing today? Feeling good, feeling positive. And they'd shake their head. The Afro would be going. And I, and I just, but I think it was, a, it was amazing because it, was, it wasn't these well-rehearsed, punchline jokes it was just you just being you and and yes and some of it some of them were wonderfully exciting some of them were um in in the best sense of the word boring but it was normal like in the sense of and still humorous still who you were and i think but that made it you very accessible so um i think it's um yeah i think it's an incredible credit to you that you have been able to you don't have the stage persona that you're actually just saying this is me and people are, are seem to be lapping it up man not just here in south africa but you've just come back from london man you've hit the big time skulk literally from my Instagram screen on my reels every morning to now London. My goodness. Hey, did you ever think, did you think this was possible? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I'm very I funny. The thing is, I, I had a career before lockdown. It's just not yes. as many people knew about me. So lockdown just really basically doubled my Instagram following and, and Facebook. So um, a lot of people <laughs> were like, so now um, are you are you looking after lockdown? Like, are you are you going to start doing like live shows now that you kind of <laughs> become a bit more popular? I'm like, I've been doing live shows for the last 10 years. Yes. Um, it's just you never knew about it because you didn't know who I was. But yes, this was my um, first time in London performing. Wow. But um, it it is now. This one really felt more like a, a bit. Uh, how do I describe it? Like a bit of like a bit, bit more unreal than the previous time. Because the previous time it was really like I felt like a beginner because I was yes. a beginner. Um, so I was, I was performing in small rooms and it it wasn't. I wouldn't say it wasn't anything to be proud of. I was still performing overseas. It was incredible, but. You know, it wasn't like, like, fuck, wow, things are happening. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I'm, I managed to do like four shows in a hundred seater. That's that's cool. It's not cock, but it's you know. <laughs> I mean, but now this time, you know, it was a bit bigger, more seats. We added an extra show because of the demand, and wow. we were still a lot of people couldn't get tickets. So now it really, I hope we can just keep this momentum now because now it really feels like things are brilliant things are happening things are happening yeah but obviously your big break was um meeting me in an airport lounge uh one uh, f- during lockdown i think it was i remember you were with another duomini i was with another duomini we travel in packs um uh, my friend mark from pletson and uh yes. and um and i remember you you looked up and you saw me and you're like hey i recognize that guy and you thought sheesh I, I know that guy and you thought it was you thought ed sheeran had lost some weight but then you realized it wasn't the fact um but but tell me meet i know people have been asking this question they always want to know what's it like to meet a real life Germany um, just did it blow you away was it um, was it just sensational well I grew up in the Enchekerk so I've met a lot of Germanys in my life <laughs> yes. maybe the youngest you may be only the youngest Germany I've met but come on I've met many Germanys um, yeah it's a it's just it's another person you know <laughs> so you probably get all the time that people expect you to be like 
this holy being with all the answers and then people are like what must I do and then you're like I don't know yeah it's, it's tough they'll come to me and say <laughs> listen like, what do you mean you don't know you st- you're the divinity you must tell me and then you're like well I, I don't know it's, it's tough it's uh, like people would come to me and say listen uh, would you, you seem to have direct access to God I'm struggling with the wordle for today can you help me and I'm like guys I just I, that's, I just draw- what is the wordle I, I can't draw the line there but no but I was saying to somebody the other day that um, <laughs> somebody asked me to come into um, their home and then I get it and, and we get a lot in our church and, and somebody said can you come and bless our home and I was like new home so I'd love to come do that and they had some food in their home and then I gathered the family and we prayed a blessing of the home and it looked like they were very disappointed because I think they were hoping for a lot more theatrical something to go down they wanted me to to pull out the smoke and the the demon chasing out or something and I remember saying yeah I wanted to open their eyes and then it's like extreme home makeover like something had changed so you pray uh, uh, close the eyes open <gasps> now the small TV has turned into a plasma <laughs> this is the, 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 the LG fridge is a snake the snake fridge I'm all with the stone how that's oh, what that's they funny. expected. They expected it, but I did feel I never came home to my wife and I said, I feel I just let them down. <laughs> I really need to get a, a fancy hat or something. I don't we have know. The same job. We have the same job, guys, mm. basically. It is. And we, we, we impress people on stage and then people are disappointed when they meet us in person. It is. They expect the stage thing just to carry over. It's the, it's the one truth. One. And um, I, I've got, um, I, I can imagine we might have a similar personality where um, I, I'm, I'm, I love people. So I get energized and I can, so on Sunday, we, our service is the way we run. We've got lots of people and I'm greeting people. So I have a lot of like two minute, three minute conversations with people. And I'm, I'm generally love people. I love to see them and catch up and, and they see the best of me buzzing around. And, um, but I, I said, somebody, I said, I think I disappoint a lot of people when they, they'll say, I'd love to spend more time with you. I said, actually, I don't think you do. I think I'm good for three minutes. Minutes. I'm great at small talk, but you don't. You don't. No one wants an hour with me. No one wants that. I mean, uh, so it's um. So I've just. I think people need to just learn that three minutes is, is good enough. You know, it's good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need a little go there. Yeah. <laughs> but, Too much of a good thing. Exactly. But you mentioned growing up in in, in church and you grew uh, in in the, the in here church reality. Um, I don't know if you've come across, it does seem that these days like pastors do try and be funny. And it feels like, uh, like I know that somebody once said to me, they said, Gabe, you are very funny. You should go, you should be a comedian. And I said, you know, it's, it's, it's a different type of humor. You know, it's easy to be a church funny because, you know, they're not expecting it. So anything slightly humorous, everyone's like, that is amazing. But I said, no, taking the, when people come to make me laugh, when they come to your shows and like make me laugh, there's a higher bar. It's almost like uh, you, you actually got to come with the big gun. So, is there any critique that you'd love to give to pastors listening in who are attempting to be funny and you want to say, hey, I want to help you shape your, shape your sermons a little bit in a, in a bit of better direction? Do you have any advice for us? Yeah, well, my, my first bit of advice would be that, <clears throat> I, yeah, like you said, people come to a comedy show to laugh, so you, there's no pressure to be funny. I mean, yeah. if it happens naturally, I guess it's cool, but I think people come to church to get a deeper kind of thing. Yes. So you can easily make it seem like, oh, it's just a funny sermon, and like in Afrikaans you'd say like, a big lug in the brook. Like not enough meat on the bone. Yes, you with know? you. Um, my, my worst as a child, as a teenager, was um, the 
the bosses that are like try and be cool like try and be hip <laughs> yes. so they're like oh it's almost like they google hip words to use yes like words the kids use these days yeah and then they work those words into the and it's like it's like an impress it's like they're doing an impression of what an adult think a teenager is exactly so they're like i'm really gonna um break through to these kids now if i like use all these words now nah? and then they say stuff like you need to have a funky relationship with Jesus. And you're like, you don't use the word funky. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, they're trying, they're trying so hard. But, oh, you know, shame. Like, some people obviously really bought into that. Um, I was just almost like, I actually enjoyed the, the church that much. Yeah. Because normally you'd be, you'd be separated, right? It would be like Sunday school and then church. Uh, normally I'd be like I actually think I prefer church with the adults I'm with you I feel like I'm actually getting more there than um, talking about like Moses was a cool dude <laughs> Big Mo um, there's that um, there's that movie I don't know if you you saw Adam Sandler's movie Mr. Deeds back in the day and there was uh, one of the guys yes, yes, yes. The, the guy who dressed up as a young kid wearing his, his hat backwards and came in with a skateboard saying how do you do fellow kids and it, I feel I always feel like that it's like on a like you know just hey I've untucked my shirt look at me I'm relevant I'm relevant look at me wearing skinny jeans but um no 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 but it is it is that reality and I think I think that is the thing that people love, as I mentioned earlier love about your comedy but I think what people are need what are desiring we have so much uh, fake stuff, you know, things that have been so filtered up. We put so many filters. People want authentic. And, and, and I think when they come to their spiritual lives, hey, people are tired of cliches. They're tired of one-liners and trite things. You know, you realize a trite one-liner can't get you through the darkest, the dark night of the soul. You know, just a one, hey, let go and let God. You know, that's, hey, that's, it works well on an embroidered poster in your granny's house, but it doesn't actually, what does it do for me on a, on a day when I get that phone call, when my whole world is falling apart? You know, we actually have to do something, yeah, something more of substance. And uh, yeah, what, tell me, what, what is your, what's your faith journey been like? Um, in, 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 and how is that interweaved coming from an Afrikaans home, coming from uh, that background, growing up and uh, into the comedy world? It's almost like these, a clash of two almost um, worlds, I can imagine. And then how does the faith world inter, interact with that? Yeah, I mean, in school, church was definitely more of a chore. Um, because I mean you were you were kind of forced to do it like I mean even in not just going to church but in school it's like you sit there it's June or July and you're sitting on the the entree block the because our school got too big to be in the school hall so they put this big cement it's basically a shed outside but there's no wall so it's just a big roof and you're sitting on cold cement and now there's a duemini coming to do the, the opening. Oh, and then you're <laughs> sitting there and it's ice cold and just want nothing more for this guy to keep it short and sweet. And he never does because he's standing there on the stage with his nice warm coat and you're sitting there freezing your ass off. But I mean, so like it, it was kind of something that you didn't have a choice in, you know, in school and going to church. Um, yeah, like Sunday school, something you had to do. Sunday school also very quickly became 
more of a popularity contest and a fashion contest because I mean you are a teenager at the end of the day and the pretty girls from your grade is now there so now it's actually yeah. you're dressing in your Sunday best excuse the pun but you're actually going to Sunday school because you want to see John Marie you're not actually there to receive faith <laughs> you know and you're going to mingle with your friends and it actually just becomes then like a social hangout um you know and then you go to church with your parents and it's boring and I you know and I, I, I really get it I must I must admit I really get it when people turn their back on faith because sometimes if you really have the wrong faith the leader in your life it can really do serious damage yeah. like um, <clears throat> I, I didn't lose my faith through growing up in university and comedy and stuff but through people I've seen growing up, I I could kind of gather that I can understand how people do because yeah. you know there's certain there's certain people I, I I would get that they go if this guy's saying this like that's not really something I want to be a part of yeah like for example this one guy once in church but he wasn't part of our church it was like a guest the women that came for the day just for the day. But I remember, geez, it was just like any, like basically, he told us so much that you go to hell if you do this. Eventually, I switched all five minutes in. I'm like, the first three things you said, I've done all of them. You're gone. He was, he was talking about <laughs> like, you got out, you got out, you got out, you got out if, you, if you've done this. So I'm like, well, it doesn't even matter if I don't listen to the rest of this because I'm already going to hell because A, B, and C, I've done. And according to this guy, there is like no saving grace there's wow. nothing I can do to not go to hell anymore Shucks, man. so I'm like well I guess I'm going to hell then because I mean this guy's said that to me but I mean luckily I didn't take it that serious then when I got to UCT I realized that church isn't a thing that you should just go to because you kind of feel like if there's no use in going if you A falling asleep or B feeling yeah. uncomfortable yeah. and I had both I had both experiences went to the church next to my res because I also wanted like a community to belong to um, which was so boring that yeah I, I mean I, I couldn't even tell you what we what was spoken yeah. about like I couldn't even tell you if he was speaking about Jesus Moses Aaron no like no no clue I switched off um, the dude was just yeah super boring and then I also went the other extreme of going <laughs> I'm not going to mention names of <laughs> what church it was but um, which was which was really the other extreme of like speaking in tongues eyes rolling over fits um, yeah people passing out which I really don't have a problem with um, or have anything against it just it's not my background I mean I don't know if you know yeah. the Enkekar I know it there's no you don't even lift your hands yeah, yeah. there's no lifting of hands like the yeah. most we I, I mean even when they when they the church band in the Enkekar when they said can we get drums it was a big thing yeah. it was like drums drums doof 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 nah uh that that was point yes, three. That was point three of the person on the guy preaching who was going to hell. If you play drums, you're going to hell. Hey, that was <laughs> if you play drums, if you listen to drums, <laughs> you're out of here. I remember the 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 AGS kerk. I don't know what AGS stands for because NK is that reform. The AGS, yeah, they were the church <laughs> next to us. I don't remember, I don't know what AGS is, but anyway, the point is they're a bit more charismatic, and we'd always 
like see them, they would wave flags. Oh wow! In church, and we uh, that was so out of our comfort zone. We always thought that was so weird. Like if someone was like, well, "I'm in the RKS," like you in the flag church. We're like, no, we don't do that. We don't wave flags. Sorry, no, that's a bit too hectic for us. You know, they were considered the happy clappies, and that's not even as happy clappies yeah, yeah. gets. That's even before I knew that people like eyes roll back and whatever. So yeah, so I've not, uh, I've nothing against that. It's just really out of yeah. my comfort zone, and it's not something I really um, connect with. I don't. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, and then what happened eventually? I kind of was starting to. So I still had. My faith, I just kind of went, well, maybe I'll find a church, maybe not, but I'm not going to try and force it and go somewhere if there's no connection for yeah. me. And then eventually there was a drama student, she was a year older than me, she said, are you religious? And I said, yeah. Um, she answered very um, <laughs> kind of carefully because like you say, in, in drama school um, and well, in the... In the um, sort of world of performance, comedy and acting in general, um, not a lot of people are religious, but I said, yes, I am. She said, listen, we have a small congregation. It's like an here Dwemini. He's not at the here church anymore, but he really wanted to keep on preaching because yeah. the friend said to him, like, never stop preaching because you really have a talent for it. Um, and he was like, okay, cool. And... Um, few people come to his thing and it, it, always when I tell people about it I'm like there's only 20 of us it sounds like a cult but it's just no, it's basically same setup as yeah. the Inche church we, Beautiful. there's some there's some piano there's a sermon and then we have coffee and um, sandwiches but um, anyway so I, she, she said look there's no pressure come once if you don't like it you don't come again I went I love the people I love the community I love Vainan's um, sermons because the thing I spoke about earlier, it, there's meat on the bone. There's, 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 it's not shallow. It's, yeah. Sometimes it's even a bit too, can get even a bit too academic for me because he's very clever. But I, I really like it because it's also, there's, there's a lot of old, older people in my church. I got in trouble the other day when I said um, old yeah. people, uh, they were very offended. But anyway, I think it's like me and two other people that are now like 30 and then the rest are all over 50. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a beautiful community. I mean, like it's, we, we can have lunch at one person's house. Beautiful. That's how small, that's how small we are. But um, I really like it. But it, it that, that was the first time in my life that I realized this is what um, church should be. It's not, it's not a, it shouldn't be a chore or something that you like. Yes, of course, sometimes you wake up, you've had a big Saturday yeah. night, you're hungover um, and you don't want to go. But it really became something that I was looking forward to on a Sunday and when I moved to Joburg, there was nothing about Cape Town because I'm in Cape Town so often for work. Mm. So it's not like, oh, shit, I don't want to move from Cape Town. Uh, the mountain and the sea, there was nothing from Cape Town that I'm like, I'm really going to miss this in Joburg. Like, mm. I love Joburg. The, my, my biggest thing was like, oh, shit, this, this church. And then um, actually a beautiful thing happened. 
the pandemic, which was not a beautiful thing, but a beautiful thing in the sense yeah. that then we started with uh, the Zoom, with Zooms. And then we started realizing, but there's other people who want to join, but they're just literally geographically yes. not in Cape Town. And now that you can go back into a building, we've actually kept it on Zoom just because, um, yeah, we, we, we don't feel like we're really missing anything by not being in a room together. And we still get together now and then. Um, but, yeah, it's just like more people can, can, can listen. We're not that much more now. There's 30 instead of 20. But um, 50% growth. Yeah, in a selfish in a selfish way, I don't want it to get bigger because the beauty of it is that it is the small, like everyone knows each other. We've got a WhatsApp group. Um, but yeah, it's it's to answer your question, yeah. And uh, it's also something I started exploring in my comedy, now in my new show, Feeling Good, that's now coming to an end because I wanted to kind of break the narrative that like always when Christianity is spoken about in comedy, it's it's normally from the perspective of a non-religious person. Yes. And it's always in the light, it's always in the light of like making fun of it, which I don't, which I don't really don't care about. Like it's not gonna make me doubt in anything when a comedian jokes about it. And I really love all comedy, like from the most family friendly to the darkest comedy. And I can appreciate a good joke, even if the joke is at the expense of my face. Sometimes I'll go, yeah, 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 look, this guy's bashing Christianity, but you have to give it to him. That's a well-structured yeah, joke. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a, it's a good joke. Um, so, like, being a comedian, I'm super open-minded. I, I would never, uh, or oh, I have never walked out of a comedy show because the guy's talking about Christianity. I'm like, why would he not talk about, why would he not mock Christianity if, if he's atheist? Like, for, to him, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, so if I was atheist, I would speak about it that way, probably. Yes. Uh, but I wanted to <clears throat> change that narrative of like, what would it look like if a comedian spoke about Christianity, but from the perspective of being a Christian, but without it becoming a sermon? Yeah. Because um, that's not what I want to do. And I'm also very aware that not everyone in the room is obviously... Real, uh, I almost said realistic, religious. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't want it to become a thing of like, is this guy trying to, you know, like convince us now that we're on the wrong path? It's like, I don't want to try and yeah, I'm with you. preach or make a sermon or say, listen, you must really think about Christianity if you haven't before. It's, it's talking about my own personal experience with it and it's basically talking about that i was heartful of feeling the need to to hide it especially when i was in cape town because yeah. it's just it's not in the circles i was moving in personally which was often also like the the cool kid hipster circle it wasn't a cool thing to be like yeah i'm christian mm -hmm. um and then people also would have this really cock reaction you know that i got so tired of like this Mm. Oh, you believe there's a guy in the sky? How can you fucking? Eh? And then I'm like, F you, dude. Like, I don't, I don't. If anyone tells me they're atheist, I'm super like respectful, and I'm just like, oh, that's really cool, man. Sweet. I don't judge. I don't, you know, make fun, or I don't say something snarky or sarcastic. 
I'm like, let's, we can just all respect each other. And the thing is, what I started realizing, I say this in my material as well, it's like, for some reason, <laughs> Christians just take the brunt of it because no one would ever dare say that to a Muslim person. No ways, 100%. It would be, it would be, but at the end of the day, it's the same because it's two religions, yes. right? It's Christianity and it's Islam. Both are religions, both are cultures. But you would never, like if someone in a conversation or, or out at night said to, said to you, yeah, yeah, I'm a Muslim, don't be like, oh, do you guys do the, the prayers and the bleh? Like you would never because you get, it, you get fucking cancelled. Yeah, yeah, game over. Cancelled. If you did, and, and you also, for some reason, wouldn't really do it to a Jewish person either. But somehow the Christians yeah. just, everyone just felt like free reign. It's like the gingers, you know, you, you're double where you're a ginger Christian. Just, anyway, I'm I mean, for hiding for nothing, yeah. I'm in trouble, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got kind of hot full of that. So I was like, no, but I want to speak about this in my comedy. And I, 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 I promised myself if I feel in my comedy that it's coming across preachy, I'm going to cut the joke. Because at the yeah. end of the day, it's a comedy show. I don't, I'm not a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I want to be a comedian. It's what I'm called to do. Um, if I can find a way to, but anyway, I did find a way, long story short. And it's very, it's refreshing for me that now I can talk about it openly, but in a comedic way. And um, yeah, 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 that's brilliant. No, it's amazing. I just think I want to applaud you for that because I think it's um, yeah, just we live in a in a PC world now. You know, it feels like there's uh, certain things you can say and certain things you can't say, and actually we've seen the expression of that in the in your in your world, the comedy world that just came to you know with the with Will Smith uh, the Will Smith incident um, and uh, with the, uh, the that moment and then also with uh, Chris Rock. Also, obviously, I'm sure you saw Dave Chappelle being tackled on stage recently. Um, so just before I go any further, just if you have you got any more need for security detail I'm, I'm available um, I must be honest um, I don't know if I could stop uh, uh, anyone over 60 kgs but you know what I'll give it a try I'll give it a try but but I digress I'm like yeah how have you how have you ne- traversed that world you know we actually like you know there's it's so bizarre what what you can say and what you can't say these days it feels like the threat of being cancelled or, or having big opinions oh how dare you said that how, how have you traversed that because obviously comedy's beauty of comedy is the fact that it's, it's not just making people laugh, it's almost actually taking people to uncomfortable places and to laugh at their discomfort and laugh at how silly and bizarre some of our human behavior is, um, which I think you do so expertly. Like you take very normal things that we don't even think about and go, actually, that is so stupid. Why the heck is that crazy? How have you navigated that? And, um, and are you nervous of somebody um, coming on stage and giving a good clap across the face? Yeah, I guess you're constantly a bit nervous of that because especially when alcohol is involved, people do crazy things. Like, I mean, now in the news today, I was listening this morning in the car, I don't know if you heard, like, Alton Yankees um, got arrested at Oatambo because he got, like, super drunk on the on an international flight and hook and broke a bottle. Oh, and wow threatened the air hostess and banged on the bathroom door with the air hostess inside and it's like well it's quite obvious that alcohol was involved because eventually the cabin crew refused to they cut him off 
they said you're not allowed more more alcohol. And and, and um, only it only took him to break a bottle and knock on the door and th- then they the, get yeah, that's a, that's about enough. No, I like that. Good, good. They had to draw the limit somewhere. Yeah, um, and and geez, I've had show, I had shows in Joburg about three weeks ago, and two of the shows there were just like people kind of not heckling as in like you suck. It was more just like shouting things out and really ruining it, the, the show for the people around me. And alcohol is always the common denominator mm. because when you then say, "Listen, um, please, can you just you know I'm trying to do a show here," that doesn't. A sober-minded person, it, that would sink in the message of like, oh shit, like I'm really embarrassing myself. But alcohol pushes you over that yes. threshold where you can't, you can't even, you don't even have this spatial or social awareness that you go like, everyone around me is annoyed because of me, because I'm, you know, yelling things out. Um, but no, I, I'm not too worried about getting cancelled. You know, sometimes, because I don't know, it's... It's, I guess, when the joke is like at the expense of someone um, and yeah, when it starts translating more into hate than actually just light mocking. But the problem is that I could say something that I mean or my intention is like, I'm just making fun of this thing. Mm. But if someone is emotionally invested in that thing that I'm making fun of, that could be misconstrued as yes. hate. And the lines are blurred. There's, obviously, there's certain comedians where it's not a blurred line. It's just like what you're saying is hateful. It's coming across. It's, it's clear. But, <clears throat> yeah. I always do, though, interrogate my, my comedy. And I listen to people. I'm not, I'm not a stubborn comedian. If people had to tell me that joke is offensive... Mm. If it, obviously, if it's one, if I do twenty shows and one person tells me For the sure. joke is offensive, I'm not gonna listen to that one person. But um, if I'm getting the same uh, continuous feedback from like that joke doesn't sit lacquer, then I'll take it out. You know, I'm not uh, that. That's the a misconception about comedians that people have is that we get a kick out of upsetting people, and that's not true. Mm. I can promise you. Dave Chappelle, as controversial as he is, doesn't go to sleep at night hoping that he's now offended of the audience. For sure. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how controversial you are, you want everyone in that audience to walk out and go, wow, what a great night, what a great show, I really enjoyed myself. You don't want someone to walk out and be pissed off and angry and sad and that's not, we're here to spread laughter and joy. Just because you're doing a more alternative comedy and you're not talking just about like oh have you noticed how parents hold the phone yeah when they do zoom calls like just because you're not because you're speaking about super like family friendly uh, not speaking about that like fam- always family friendly stuff doesn't mean you want to offend people like okay I want to make a sex joke, you know? It doesn't mean I want people to feel uncomfortable. It's just because my comedy and the stuff I like doing comedy about is a bit more on the alternative side. Yeah. It's not on the extreme alternative side, I wouldn't say. There's definitely comedians that are way rougher and darker than the comedy that I do. My comedy is still very 
positive. Yes. But I still would say it's not appropriate for a 10 year old because there are jokes that are sometimes under the belt or stories or swear words or mm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> but that's the comedy that I like to do, you know? So with the, the Jovic shows I did like a few weeks ago, there was a man afterwards that said to me, you know, you can be, you, you don't have to be dirty to be funny. And I said, I know, but it's so lacquer. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know, I can, and I can. When I do a corporate event, I can't do a dirty set. I can't do half an hour of dirty jokes. But if it's a one-man show, then I can, and it's nice. I'm not going to do a full show of just dirty material. But, like, people can say what they want, but everyone li- likes a dirty joke. Sometimes <laughs> when, when I do a dirty joke, sometimes when I do a dirty joke, you know, the old ladies are laughing the loudest in the audience because it's, it's like, naughty. It's, like, something, like, you're not supposed to speak about this. Now we are. And <clears throat> it's interesting because it's, like, I think especially older people now, they are so tired of this kind of super sensitive culture because yeah. they didn't grow up with that, you know. Yes, it was more on the extreme other side of that where people were super un-PC and nothing happened to them. But, I mean, they're just like, geez, can we just fucking laugh a bit, you know, not get so reminded of what's PC and what not and whatever. And people need to uh, trust comedians. Like, look, if you're going to go watch a big name, I'm not talking about myself. If you go watch a, a, a established act, the chances are they're not going to say anything. You, you need to trust that they know what they do yes. and that they're not going to say something super offensive because they wouldn't have gotten as far if they didn't know how to navigate that line, you know? So you need to trust, you need to trust comedians that when something is alternative, that they are going somewhere with it and that it's not just going to be plain, like, offensive. Because yeah. I, I wouldn't... This year I've been doing it for 11 years. Like, wow. if I was if I was racist, homophobic, whatever all the isms and isists that we talked about at the beginning in my comedy, I, I, wouldn't, I, yes. wouldn't be, I wouldn't get to where I am now. It just wouldn't happen. People would have put their foot down years ago and said, no, this guy is not on, you know. But I managed to tread the line. Sometimes it's a bit like, ooh, he's going there, but then it doesn't quite go there, you know. But it's just like, just come and let go of all that. Because if you come angst, yeah. like, like, like this the whole time and like, when's he going to say something offensive? When, he's gonna, when is he going to say something cancel-worthy? You're not going to enjoy the show because you tense the whole show, mm. you know? It's the same way that you, you should come listen to a sermon of mine one day, Skulk. You'll come. Just don't, I don't want you to come in nervous. I'm not going to come with three reasons why you're going to hell. I promise. I promise. But, but it's a... Uh, treat the line. If people, eh? lift their, if people lift their hands higher than this, I'm... You're out of there. And and so and you say, so you say the flags are gone. Eh? We take the, drums. Get drums. the drums out of here. <laughs> 
But um, just quickly, uh, as we round this off, um, you mentioned some big name shows. What are some of the big names that have shaped your career or that you that you would click on YouTube? Like if you are at a loose end, you're like, oh, I'd love to see somebody. I know Trevor Noah gave you like a big break in, in I think it was 2014, you were part of his show. Um, tell, like some of, what are some of the names that, uh, that like, who does a sculptor's note go for inspiration? <coughs> I, I really, um, this is also not a popular name in comedy anymore because he was in a sense cancelled, even though he is still doing shows and he is still has an active career, is Louis C.K. Yeah. Um, I, jeez, I was, I must say, when, when the whole thing came out, I was, I was really, even though I don't know him, I was really saddened by the news because it was really like one of my heroes yeah. um, that in a sense kind of felt like oh my word is this it it's like this guy has so much more left to give but is this it now like I'm really that I was sad for what he did but I was also sad for my own selfish reasons because yeah. I'm like does this mean he's never going to do comedy again anyway Louis CK's comedy um, is great he really manages to go really dark without it feeling that way because like I said it's that intention it's like it, it, he's not doing it with an intention to hurt yeah. people at least it doesn't feel like that to me um, and then Bill Burr I really love I only discovered him a bit later Dave Chappelle also actually discovered very late in my life like Cause, because he disappeared for like seven years. Yes. And um, when I started comedy, it was still in that kind of seven-year period when he disappeared and I didn't know him, his earlier stuff. So only when he started making his comeback, started like, ooh, this Dave Chappelle guy. I've heard the name, but I don't mm. really know his comedy. But I mean, man, if you watch his last, his, his specials, yes, the last one was very controversial, but... If you just watch the, his last, his specials from the last six years, I mean, it is some of the most game-changing comedy. Yeah. Like, he really takes comedy to places where I think a lot of people were like, they can't, their brain can't, yes. like, fathom it. And then Trevor, like, really... Um, inspired me a lot when I opened for him except, except for the fact I really lo- I really do love his comedy but um, he just showed me when I was opening for him that he, he was writing all the time like he, he, he his, his show would change so much every day if wow. something happened in the news he would he would bring it into his show he never got complacent you know and uh, when I was in Cape Town I mean any Cape Town comedian will tell you this sometimes you're doing club gigs um, and you're on a lineup with someone and it's like five years into my career and I'm like, but this guy was doing this joke when I was starting, mm. you know, and he was doing it even five years before that. And then I'm like, geez, but are you even doing doing your job? Because only the fun part is going on stage and getting the laughs. The yeah. work part is creating material <laughs> that's Lucy. the hard part I'm sure it's the same for Dermody the nice part is going on there yeah. you can see people hanging on your lips and afterwards people coming to you because that's the praise part yeah. you know coming to you afterwards and going like wow that touched me today well done ooh that's maybe the wrong thing to say to Dermody but like you know you <laughs> 
And then I would really, I really, I've also banned out people hanging on my lips. It's just, it seems to have been a bit, uh, just yeah, too personal, especially yeah. with the pandemic, uh, with the mask, just got hard. But yeah. no, I'm with you. It's, it's, uh, it's helpful. Yeah. I'm going to remember this. That's the fun part. Then you go home, you feel awesome. And you're like, wow, the hard part is sitting there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yes. Friday, Saturday, going like, how am I going to, am I going to inspire these people on Sunday? What am I going to say? Um, do you guys also work with a Lies register, like the Inhika kind of? Uh, well, just my Afrikaans is a bit shady. So just uh, what's the what does that mean? The the the, the uh, uh, it directly translates to a, a reading register where. Where it says like says on, what you on, must on preach. No, no, yeah. So no, we do, we of the- no, we don't have it that extreme. But uh, obviously, with the church calendar, we've got the the, the, the dates. You know, I mean, with the the Lent season, Easter, uh, Pentecost, there's Christmas. So you know, we've got those um, type of those things don't change. So you do follow those narratives and, and pick up those important moments. But um, but we don't have we're yeah. not that explicitly told preach on that. But but it is. I, I heard a preacher years ago, and it's just such a great lesson, saying actually you want to preach to people's Mondays you're not trying to preach you want the word what you're saying on a Sunday to have relevance to their Mondays in the sense of it mustn't just be so ethereal like that's great for an academic level but how's that going to take place when my baby's crying on a Monday and I've got to pick up my you know pay for this bill and this thing's happening I want something more real and tangible and um, and to help that was a guy said he would always be taking notes of what's happening in the culture and you know like in the sense of we read in the Bible um, the Apostle Paul would when he preached he would even quote some of their he'll say you've he'll quote some of their their comedians and their their speakers and, and you'll see in the book of acts and it's helpful for people to realize that actually we're not is the bible is a very it's a book about people and places and it's it's real it's authentic it's not this a book that came down divinely from heaven on a cloud no it's written by people god is in connection and likewise he wants his word to speak to us so i'm just like you in the sense of i think a, a comedian's job is to actually talk about the culture and take the culture to places where it, it's uncomfortable to go and laugh at itself and and same as a preacher to say actually the word of God is is relevant and actually I want to help you make sense of the culture around you through the light of the word of God and and maybe a few less laughs from my side I try hard but um, you know what um, we just stay in our lanes Skulk we stay in our lanes yeah but um, yeah yeah but, but, but anyway yeah, my, 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 my point was that obviously that yeah, like you, you also have the challenge of like I can't, I can't just say this Easter what I said last Easter. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Trevor really inspired me to just always because that guy just uh, most comedians would work like a year or two on their new hour, tour it, and then you work again on your new hour, and I felt like. Trevor had a new hour every 10 minutes Brilliant. it felt like because he was just so um, that really inspired me and I, I I really pride myself on that I have a quite a fast turnover of material there, there will be some jokes that you really feel like this is one of my best jokes that you will for, for a bit longer but in general you know, I, I, I feel like if someone comes to watch me in short succession, they will definitely see some new stuff. Brilliant. You know, maybe one or two of the same, but yeah. So uh, those are the kind of... I love it. At the top of my head, the comedians that I, I really love. And, and also just all the South African comedians. Like, I really... We have such amazing talent here. Like, we really... We, 
world class. Yeah. World class. But let me be honest, I think that I really do think the name Skalk Pizzano it's gonna be a name on many up and coming comedians. Because I think you yeah, I think you, you. you you've got a yeah, so blood in, in my next podcast interviews with all the other comedians that got lined up, I know they're all gonna say, um uh, Skalk Pizzano, he's inspired me. But because I'll be honest, you inspire me, man. I think you you are such a there's such an authenticity Thanks, about man. you. I I love on Instagram, you're seeing all the sad news, all the moaning, the complaining, then there's Skalk Pizzano just telling us that you're feeling good, feeling positive. Man, it was something, I think it was more than just a comedic, um, clever in. I think actually there was something, there was something uh, in a sense, if I can use the word, prophetic, in the sense of you were you were putting joy in a nation that needed it, putting in the world that was watching that needed it at that time. And, and thank you, man. I just want to say that we are hugely appreciative. You've got massive fans in the, from, from, from the clergy over here, you know. Um, we, we really do respect you. And, and yeah, and, uh, yeah, so you are an amazing man. I, pre- I love the fact how you're vulnerable and you allow people into that world. And um, so it's just what a privilege to be able to talk to you. And I know that the people listening are not going to have the privilege of seeing that moustache in all its glory. Maybe land with just, what is, how do you keep that moustache in such incredible form? Uh, it, is, it is just, that thing is taking on its life of its own. It's not just a... It's just genes. Just genes. I thought you were just going to say it's, it's just Jesus. Energy. It's all Jesus. If you saw, if, if you saw my dad's snore, you would, you would, you would know. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's in the Bizadino jeans, eh? Yeah, beautiful jeans. Skulk, what a pleasure! What a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, that's 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 Thank another you, that's another episode in the books. I mean, one day we'll look back at this, and then when when you and I are co co hosting our show with Trevor Noah, there we'll look back and say, "What humble beginnings!" <laughs> Skulk, what a pleasure. Um, cool, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. This was the Cape Phillips show, and we're out. Yeah.